Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns, and with me again this week is Paul Eastwood. Hey. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing good, thank you. Yeah, you enjoying our warm summer weather we're having? Not really. <laughs> no, I mean, it's I, a little, little warm. A little too hot for me. I'm uh, I'm an indoor person, and uh, yeah. I prefer the wintertime, actually, to tell you the truth. Except when you can play baseball or watch your son play baseball, right? Ah, fair enough. Uh, Very you know, true. There's, there's always advantages to summer. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about weather or baseball. Uh, we are here to talk about this Sunday's service. We are continuing in our series called Kingdom Come in Matthew. Uh, and you preached again for us from a great passage. They're all great passages, let's be honest. But um, a really, really fun passage in Matthew 10. Uh, and so much in there. Do you want to give us a little recap from Sunday, Paul? Yeah, I mean, we were uh, talking about a, uh, you know, chapter 10 in Matthew, which is really, sometimes it's called the second major discourse in Matthew. So Matthew is divided into these main kind of sections, and you can actually see them uh, identified by the way that the the chapter begins. So Hmm. what you see in chapter 10 is that he... He says he he called them together. He brings these these men together, and he gave them the following instructions. And this is exactly the same thing that we see in chapter five when he begins the Sermon on the Mount. He says the same right. way. So the Sermon on the Mount is the first discourse. This is the second one, and it's sometimes it's called the Mission Discourse. Sometimes okay. it's even called the Little Commission, because Ooh. it's it's kind of like the Great Commission, but with a little bit of a, a twist, a little bit different. Okay. Okay. And I mean, there's so much in this passage. Uh, I mean, you, you, on Sunday, you talked about authority, you talked about comfort and how that plays in. You talked about rights and responsibilities, uh, and you didn't cover all of it, right? There's, there's passages that that we could get into here. Um, as you were going through the sermon, what, what were kind of the main things that stuck out to you? Um, and, and you know, if you had to sum it up for someone, what would it be? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I, I've mentioned before that the reading through Matthew is, you know, happens in layers. So there's a lot of different things going on. You can read Matthew and you can come away being compelled by the person of Jesus, recognize that he's got power and he's got authority. And he said some interesting things and you yep. can make a decision whether he is the Lord of the world and, and Lord of your life uh, or not. And, and so that would be a perfectly fine reasoning and or a reason and like to read through and find something. But I think deeper, there's these other layers. And one of the things that I found super compelling was just how much Matthew keeps coming back to some of these Jewish traditions. And you mm. start to see these things emerge, which kind of reminds you that Matthew had a point. He wanted you to know that Jesus was the promised Jewish Messiah. And that's powerful. Right. It's really important stuff. But what I would say for the regular, like for anybody who's reading through this, what I would say is most significant is when you read what Jesus is asking the disciples to do, he's telling them to do something super hard. He said to them, look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves, and that mm. should be terrifying. And I'm afraid in today's context in North America here for us, we're not that terrified. We're not all that worried about, you know, mm. you know, living out our faith. And I'm not saying that it should be a terrifying experience, but I'm saying that I think there are times when we're called to do things that scare us. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is something that's really important for us to, to learn is to, you know, figure out ways to, to kind of push uh, our, ourselves in terms of the way that we're living out our faith to places that kind of scare us a little bit. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, we talked about this idea that, you know, really had this idea of like, you know, risk and taking a step and taking a stand and pushing out there. And I think this is really helpful for us as followers of Jesus, because 
we're no longer living for ourselves. We're not the king in our life. Jesus is. And if Jesus is hmm. the king, what is he calling you to do? And how are you pushing into that? And that's kind of yeah. what, you know, I think is really important to this is, is look at your own life and say, am I afraid or am I, do I ever need to be told, don't be afraid because of something I'm doing for Jesus? If not, then I need to ask other questions, right? Um, yeah. You know, what's, wh- where's my commitment level? Yeah. Uh, that's so good. Um, but it comes with a bit of a tension and I've, I've kind of felt this lately, especially as I've watched, uh, and maybe this is just the news, but I watched a lot of Christians being betra- uh, portrayed in the news and kind of some of the things like Christians, especially our evangelical brothers and sisters in the States, uh, kind of have a reputation of being obnoxious. Right. Um, and then saying, well, you know, I'm being persecuted because I'm standing up for the Bible where sometimes I'm kind of like, no, you're being persecuted because you're being obnoxious. Um, like how do we find that tension and how do we make sure that the things we're leaning into, the things that we're risking for, the things we're not afraid of are actually kingdom value things. And they're not just like cultural things that we're trying to do or, or things that, that we kind of put on the Bible that maybe aren't there or like, you know what I'm asking? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think I do. And I, and I, I think that's it's really wise because I think whenever we talk about passages where they talk about persecution, often, you know, followers of Jesus kind of fall into this place of like, well, I need to invite it. Like somehow I need to go out mm-hmm. and, and invite this persecution. But that's I don't think that is uh, I don't think that's helpful or appropriate in any way. Um, in fact, it's not we're not going out under our own authority. We are going mm-hmm. out under the authority of Jesus. Jesus as king kind of sets the agenda and he says, I want you to go on my behalf. Uh, I don't want you to go fight for your rights. I don't want to go you to go to fight for what you believe to be true or your own particular point of view. He says, I want you to go out and fight for humanity, knowing that people need to be in the kingdom. It's in our best interest to be under the reign of Jesus as king and living in the kingdom. And so for us, um, I think there's two things I would say. One is to that question. So what about being obnoxious? I would say, number one, what moved Jesus to, um, uh, to action, if you look back just before chapter 10, was not Mm -hmm. anger at the religious elite who were kind of pushing people in a different direction. It wasn't a, you know, desire to be well-known. It wasn't a desire to protect his rights or Mm -hmm. to, you know, like stand up to Rome or, you know, whatever it was. He was moved by compassion because he saw people who were lost and hurting without him. And that compassion that was moved from his gut is something that we need to be, that needs to be our foundation. Like absolutely 100%, we should should be acting out of compassion, not out of other places. The second thing I would say is really simple. It's just in the passage, he says, you should be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Yeah, I love that. Like, so what does that mean and how do you do that? Well, I mean, so obviously snakes were kind of, it would, I mean, today's vernacular might be, you know, you you need to be sly like a fox or something like that. It's It's a phrase that kind of they were using the snake as the as the one animal in the in the animal kingdom that had this cunningness or this yep. sort of like uh craftiness as sneaky as a raccoon yes there you go <laughs> there you go exactly all, hey southern ontario we know what that's about <laughs> yeah that's right so yeah so i think that that would be um so what does it mean i think it means that that we need to be smart and we need to think mm. about um you know the way that we're interacting with people because ultimately what we want people to do is make a decision about the kingdom, not about us. 
Yeah. Uh, we want people to be presented with the good news and then given the opportunity to make a decision. I, I would hate for people to be making a decision about, you know, their eternity based on me or what I believe mm-hmm. or what I want. Um, it needs to be based on Jesus. So it strikes me that if we're to be as um, cunning as snakes or raccoons or foxes um, and yet still inoffensive, we actually, part of that is, is gaining some cultural awareness. Mm-hmm. Like is, is, and, and there, uh, to me, there's a bit of a tension here, but we need to know what's going on in the world around us. We need to be informed. We can't, to use a term we're all using these days, we can't bubble so much in our Christian circles that we, we become unaware of the world at large. Um, and yet, and Jesus did this so masterfully, right? Like he, Jesus wasn't apolitical. He wasn't anti-government, um, but he also didn't put his hope in government stuff. He didn't right. like he, the conversations that people had with him about Rome, he just kind of spoke a different language about it. And he didn't say, you know, let's overthrow Rome. We're, we're coming to get you. He just talked about a bigger kingdom. Right. And this is yeah. so much of this, I think is, is getting at this idea that like what, you know, we can engage in political discourse, let's say, um, but it just don't put your hope in it, right? Like right. our hope lies in the king and the coming kingdom, um, which is, yeah, I think well, it's and, so good there. And I think I think that, you know, we should watch in our own lives where we get angry. Um, mm. You know, what what brings us to, you know, that frustration level? Is it is it because our rights are being infringed upon or yeah. is it because people need to know about Jesus? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think I think there there's a really clear distinction there, but sometimes we blur those lines. And, you know, we say that, you know, because I can't get this particular thing, then, mm-hmm. you know, then I am, you know, then I'm angry. And it's like, wait a second, like, w- like, just check that for a second. W- what yeah. What is really at the base of that? Is it, is it, are you upset because you can't get something or are you really kind of looking at the bigger picture here? Yeah. And I mean, this, we've talked about rights and responsibilities a number of times. Th- yeah. This is what's even driven our conversations as a staff about reopening and doing church, right? Do we, do we legally have the right to reopen and do church and have we for a little while? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we feel like until this point, it's been our responsibility to protect our neighbors and love our neighbors best by continuing to meet online? Yeah. Until this point. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, exactly. that's been the right move. And, and, you know, did we have more room in our rights? Of course. And we normally do, especially living where we live. Um, but what's our responsibility? I think that's mm-hmm. such a helpful, like kingdom is all about responsibility, not rights. Yeah, it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. What it, and don't, don't people, I mean, talking about this, this kind of like kingdom and sort of battle language, isn't there that, that phrase, you know, you can win the battle and lose the war and, yeah. you know, and, and so the big picture, it's not like, okay, so I win this time great mm-hmm. um you've just you've just alienated a whole bunch of people and you've actually put um you know put those people further and further away from god's mm-hmm. influence in their life you know and that that's that's kind of scary the other yeah. thing i would say too is when you look at the way that jesus approached this to his disciples right from the very beginning so he's like i'm going to call you to do something really crazy and really big and i'm going to take my responsibility and my authority and i'm going to transfer it to you so you can do some crazy things as well this is going to yeah. be awesome but th- if you watch the progression, so he begins by looking at the people and he sees them and he has compassion on them. The second thing he does mm-hmm. is he goes to his disciples and he says, pray about it. I want you to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he brings people to work in the in the field. Yep. And then the third thing he says is, okay, now go for it. It's, it's your turn. So mm-hmm. we get this like, look at it, pray for it, go for it. And I think this is something that will will 
keep us in check at times when we have this this tendency to go from see a problem, fix the problem. And we want to jump into it. And guess what happens when we do that? That's when we become that obnoxious and whatever. So I think some Mm. part of that craftiness in terms of, you know, that that raccoon craftiness or whatever it is (laughs) that you that you that actually is helped by seeing the problem, praying about the problem, pausing and then acting. I think that helps us check our motives and make sure that we're in the right place before we jump into something. Yeah, that's uh, we. I mean, that pause is so helpful. Yeah, and, and it, it gives gives room for the spirit to speak, right? Which and and I think what we need. Yeah, exactly, Dave. And I think what's important here is that it's not just about um, you know being an activist for a particular cause. I'm talking mm-hmm. about in a conversation when somebody yeah. offends you, see it, pray about it, pause, and then do yeah. something about it, right? And I think our reaction is just so we just want to jump in and react as quickly as possible. But when we do that, so often we fall on our faces. And more importantly, we 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 do we do a disservice to the king who um, Mm -hmm. is wanting us to continue to, um, you know, to do our part to help people see the kingdom in a positive light. Yeah. So, so uh, bouncing off of that, one of the parts of the passage we didn't really get into on Sunday, um, where Jesus says that the spirit will give the disciples the right thing to say, basically, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you're out there, don't worry about what's coming next. You know, with that passage and with, I mean, maybe this whole passage, how much do we take, like how much is that is contextual? Is it meant for the 12 disciples? How much of that is meant for us? Right. Is that, is that passage permission to not prepare as much as we do to maybe like just trust that God will show up in the moments or, or like, what, what do we do with that? Yeah. I, and I, I would say, first of all, that this passage is, it's, it's called in some cases, the little commission for a reason. Um, And, and, Particularly, it's because the disciples were being asked specifically to go to the people of Israel first. And it was like, don't go to the Gentiles, don't go to the Samaria. In other words, don't go north, don't go south, just go to, um, you know, to God's people. And what we find is that as the passage continues, the the language seems to get more general and it kind of broadens mm-hmm. out. And I think some of that is really important because it allows us to kind of say, okay, I can now put myself in this passage and understand Right. So I would say a certain amount of this passage is contextualized. Right. Like but, the the whole, like, only go to the people of God, only go to the Jewish people. I don't right. think that applies to us. No, it does not apply to us at this point Good. at all. Um, but I think it applies to all of us, men, women, you know, children. It doesn't matter how old you are, young you are. We are all called um, to, uh, to take steps uh, to, you know, to kind of continue to help people see the kingdom in a good light. But the one, mm-hmm. the one uh, passage that you mentioned is, is that, you know, this idea of when you go to these places and, yeah. um, you know, at the time you'll be given what to say for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. He's talking, yeah. speci- that's a great passage. And sometimes it's misquoted because it's this, it's this idea that like, well, if you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say and, and you don't have to prepare. You don't have to think about it. He was mm-hmm. talking specifically in that passage about being brought before those authorities because of persecution. So because of your faith, you're being persecuted, basically being told, hey, if you denounce your faith, now you live. If you don't, you die. I mean, this was like, you know, life and death for these people. And so the the comment about this is specific about that. But it's but it's not specific in the sense that when we look at the larger, like the the whole body of scripture, we can actually see that this is completely true. That there are times that are really mm-hmm. busy and difficult and hard, and we are given things to say because the Holy Spirit is uh, the one who prompts us and who kind of leads us into those kinds of things. So I think I think that there is there's a lot in this passage where we can just apply it directly into our lives, 
um, because it is it is generalized, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that sense. Now, what I wouldn't generalize is uh, is persecution. I wouldn't say okay. that. Oh well, because you know, because someone hurt my feelings or they said something unkind, now I'm being persecuted. No, right. no, you're not being persecuted. I mean, if you are chained to a wall and you are being tortured for your faith, okay, you're being persecuted. If, you yeah, are if being, your Bibles are being taken away, yeah, if you're I'm, being thrown in jail, like some of our brothers and sisters across the world are, right? That, this is talking about that for sure. Yeah, and I've heard, and I've heard some, you know, Christians and churches, um, you know, well, I mean, some people saying about the not 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 necessarily in the church context, but in in the context of like, there's this there's this idea about the pandemic that. You know th- that our authoritarian government is telling us what to do, and we can't stand for this because we're a democracy, and you know the yes. government shouldn't be able to tell us this. And you know this is a dictatorship. And I heard someone on the radio who was, uh, I think they were from Hungary, and they had experience under a dictator, and they said a government telling you to stay home and giving you money to do so, and you know all this that's that's <laughs> not a dictatorship. So let's yeah, not no. mince words here, right? And I think yeah. it's the same thing with the church. Sometimes we're like. You know, we're being persecuted because we're not being we're being told that you can't do this and you can't do this. And if they're going to tell us that we can't, we're going to tell them. And it's like, well, just calm down a second. Right. Like, yeah. you know, the church can be the church. The, the good news about the church is that it is not a building. The church is us. I know that sounds so cliche, but that is so but, it, we need to be reminded of this, that we can be yeah. the church without being in church. Yeah. Now, having said that, I'm not suggesting that being in church is not important. And I'm not no. suggesting that those who have, you know, started up, I understand the reasoning for opening churches. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for Christians to gather. And if you're in a rural community or if you're in a place where um, where that's that's more safe and, you know, you think that that would be the right step, then by all means. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to say is that is that um, is that we need to sometimes just kind of cool it a little bit when it comes to feeling like we're being persecuted and actually step up in other places where, when it comes to, um, you know, representing him well. But yeah. one thing I would say in all of this that I think I think is important to kind of touch on, and maybe you can comment on this as well, mm-hmm. is that oftentimes, you know, we have this idea that, well, to be a good follower of Jesus is to give people a taste of the kingdom by, you know, being nice people and, you know, caring for the poor and looking after people. And all that is true. But yep. I think Jesus is pretty clear in this passage. He says, not just, you know, do all these miracles and signs of the kingdom, but he also says, proclaim the kingdom. He also says, talk about it and speak. And I think that's where sometimes we get this, we get this balance wrong, where we tend to mm-hmm. be so focused on helping the poor and being, you know, uh, socially conscious that we forget that part of our role is to be clear about what the gospel is. And what that looks like to me is that there are times when we need to, you know, talk about talk about how Jesus is impacting our life. Talk yeah. about like, you know, I, I I can say that, you know, hey, I, you know, like I've had this job interview and I, you know, and it's really tough and blah, blah, blah. But even just mentioning to someone, hey, and I prayed about it because that's kind of important to me or that is important to me. And then, you know, moving on, those kind of comments sort of bring faith or bring Jesus or bring, you know, the kingdom into the conversation. And that can be the precursor to, you know, conversations. But again, the Bible says, you know, be prepared to give an answer, but do it with gentleness and respect. Right. So I think that's important too. Yeah. I think this comes back to what you're saying about comfort, right? Right. Um, So right now uh, in our culture, I would say a lot of kingdom values in the social justice, in the like very much kingdom value, very good. A lot of them actually line up with cultural values. So for us to be generous people, to love the poor, um, that actually doesn't, 
like it, it costs us something, but there's very little risk in that. Um, it, it's just kind of like, this is good. There is risk involved in, in talking about Jesus in right. talking about the gospel and saying, this is something I believe, right? Because right. we risk lumping ourselves in with a group of people who maybe we don't agree with, or we risk, risk someone thinking we're crazy or someone thinking we're wrong, right? And, and you know, we, we talk about comfort. If we're picking and choosing which parts of the kingdom we want, and maybe it's just a social justice part because it's comfortable, like that that's not following the king. Again, yeah. this isn't, we don't, <laughs> we live in a democracy in Canada, but we live under the benevolent dictatorship of the Lord Jesus. Right. And that is the reality, right? This is why we care more about our responsibilities than our rights. Um, so I, I think it's super hard, but I, you know, that, that push for all of us, uh, and maybe, maybe that's the challenge we can leave people with this week, Paul, like in yeah. our conversations in the week ahead, um, bring up Jesus bring up prayer, bring up the gospel and mm -hmm. like, don't, don't force it in, don't force it upon someone, but don't hide from it. Don't shy away from it. Become aware yeah. of our biases, maybe to not speak of it and, and actually speak of it. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah. that's part of what the kingdom's about. Perfectly said. I, I think that would be a great challenge. And, and, you know, I think I, again, you know, don't fake it. Um, you know, like you said, don't force it. Don't, and I, I wouldn't say like, don't say it's something that isn't true. Like don't talk about yeah, prayer if you're sure. not praying about it. Yep. But, but I think it also is an indication of where we are in terms of our commitment to the King. When yeah. we start, when we realize that I'm not talking about it because it's not part of my life. Um, yeah. and so I think that's really important too. Absolutely. Any, uh, closing thoughts? Are we going to leave it there? Yeah, I think just I think we can just leave it there. You know, I think um, I think that you know that that idea of just um, you know kind of uh, bringing up in conversation and making sure that people are aware. I think that's really helpful. Thanks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening along. We'll be back next week with more postscript. <laughs>